Baxi's Musical Podcast. One of the biggest complaints that people had back in the 1970s is that if you were going to dish out as much as $12 or $15 for concert tickets, you better damn well get your money's worth. Back then, you'd pay your money, but you wouldn't necessarily get much of a show. There were, however, certain bands and certain artists that bucked that trend and delivered the goods night after night, not just by sounding great, but by actually giving the fans more than just a night of their greatest hits played on a stage. By all accounts, the Tubes are one of the most outrageous live bands ever. Their early shows were over-the-top events with dancers and choreography and comedians and explosions, and their charismatic lead singer, Fee Wable, would completely own the stage in two-foot platform shoes performing as characters like Quaalude or Johnny Bugger. The shows were extravagant, provocative pieces of theater at a time when you could barely get some bands to even acknowledge that a crowd was in the building. The Tubes, on the other hand, would scare the living crap out of you. They'd entertain you. The whole show was something to take home and remember forever, playing iconic anthems like White Punks on Dope and What Do You Want From Life. In the 1980s, the Tubes would go on to reach the height of their commercial success with albums like The Completion Backward Principle with their hit song Talk To You Later or their album Outside Inside, which spawned the biggest hit of their career, She's a Beauty. In 1985, the band broke up and then reformed in 1996, and they're still playing live today. This is my conversation with one of the great front men in rock history. It's Fee Wable of the Tubes on Baxi's Musical Podcast. Hey, I, I gotta, I gotta ask you right off the uh, off the top, Gil Fisher. The fishing musician with John Candy <laughs> on SCTV. Yeah. Every time yeah. I see that video, I I it's so it's so freaking absurd. It just makes me laugh every single time. You guys wearing you know your gray suits, catching wide mouth bass, going back to the scuttlebutt lo- scuttlebutt lodge. Hilarious. It. I have a funny story. <laughs> uh, that you know, obviously, you, you know that that was like eighty one. I think with completion backward principle album was released and uh you know we flew up to edmonton canada and we always did really well in canada and you know that was in the early days one of the first places where we actually got a gold record so we flew we fly up to canada and uh, they tell us okay well john's gonna come you know we want to we want to go out to a lake that's outside of town it's about an hour out of town and we're going to show up with a limousine early in the morning and you're going to drive out to the lake and we're going to do the shoot, right, with cameramen and all this stuff. And <laughs> uh, so 6 o'clock in the morning, they sh- the limo shows up, and there's John Candy sitting in the back of the limo, and he's got a case of beer and a bag of weed, okay? <laughs> and he's already had, like, three beers and smoked a couple of joints. He goes, oh, come on, get in the car. And, and so we all pile in. And we drink beer and smoke dope all the way out to the lake oh, for an hour. Fantastic! And 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 we're all just whacked, and you know, and and we, you know, you know, you kind of. I, I say, okay, well, what's the, you know, what's what's happening? What's he goes? Well, we're going to get in boats and we're going to go out and we're going to pretend to be fishing and we're going to pull up <laughs> boots and all kinds of crazy stuff. And and I and and I said, 
you know. And then what? And he goes, well, then we're going to go into the, the, the lodge and, you know, we're going to talk and we're going to have a little inter- interview time and then you guys are going to perform She's a Beauty. <laughs> I mean, Sushi Girl, sorry. Okay. And we're thinking, and I'm going, well, do we have a script or, I mean, what's, he goes, no. No, we're we're ad libbing the whole thing all day. We're it's just I'll just just roll with me. And I okay, okay, if that whatever. And I give you credit because you dropped the perfect line that, that that hanging out with Gil Fisher for the afternoon was the highlight of your sporting career. I thought that was a great line from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was he was he was such a classic. Oh god, oh. the guy was and then on that same trip. We did uh, we we did Catherine O'Hara's uh, what was their character name Lola Lola Heatherton. Lola Heatherton. Right. Remember, she used to do a character named Lola Heatherton. <laughs> Heatherton, and we did talk to you later on Lola, the Lola Heatherton show. Oh my and God. Uh, so yeah, I mean, such it was so cool. SCTV back then. I know. Yeah, and, and you know, he did an episode. He did an episode as as Gil Fisher with Wendy O. Williams of the Plasmatics, and yeah, they just weren't biting that day. Got, <laughs> got lucky, or even if the gray suits were like uh, Bassmasters, uh, Cabela's style <laughs> issue type of uh, oh. suit you were wearing. But uh, man, that looks like a good day on the on the lodge. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> well, I mean, the suits were part of the you know the the album cover, the completion backward principle, whole kind of corporate. Uh, parody thing that that album was all about. Well, you know, that's an album that I that I had, you know, when it came out, and I I played the living crap out of that record. I mean, I really did. I just every time it started with the, uh, you know, with the introduction to uh, to talk to you later with the uh-huh. with that uh-huh. <laughs> with that kind of industrial sounding uh, narration, and every time I hear you know talk to you later, it's like, damn, what a great song that was. Yeah, it was the punchiest sounding record that you guys had done mm-hmm. up until that point. Yeah. And I know well, yeah, it was David Foster, man. It was David Foster. He, he was, he's, and, and he, I mean, he's the guy is, a, is brilliant. You know, <laughs> that's, that's why, I mean, David Foster is a genius. Yeah. I, I, we'll, we'll get into talking about that album in just a little bit, because obviously the tubes are very busy right now. You're, you're on tour. In fact, you're coming through Massachusetts in October. Yeah. Or- Our first show after 19 months is on Friday here in, in Orange County, California. Wow. And then, uh, we're playing, you know, Scottsdale and then Sacramento, and then we're going back east and going to play Memphis, and then all these shows and 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 you know coming to to Mass. I know the plan prior to the pandemic was to play the Completion Backward Principle all the way through. Is that still part of the plan for this tour? Yes, it yes, is. it is. Yes, right. we're, we're we figured. You know, we were right in the middle of doing a whole bunch of dates. Uh, in 2019, you know, and then, so we're still doing it because all of these dates, you know, a lot of them were scheduled back then and they're being rescheduled and we're coming, you know, we're, so we're, we're still doing completion backward principle. Yeah. Top to bottom. And then a bunch of other songs, you know, she's a beauty and white punks on dope and bondage and what do you want from life? And all those other kind of iconic songs that, uh, you know, that people want to hear. Are you still wearing the boots? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, I haven't worn them for eighteen months, so I have nineteen months. So you know, it's going to be a challenge, that's for sure. Getting back up on those things. No offense, but you know, you're you're not getting any younger. At at uh, at, no. at you'll be seventy one in September, if I'm not mistaken. My, that's correct. I'll, I'll be fifty five next month. I don't think my ankles could handle 
<laughs> two foot platform <laughs> boots of any kind. I I know. I I mean, I'm trying to for all this time. You know, I've been trying to continue to work out, and we got a dog uh, in the in the end of 2019. We rescued a dog. And so Daisy, she's sitting here with me. And so she needs to walk every day. So we go hike, you know, we're, we're going hiking, you know, five days a week we're hiking. It's, you know, keeping my legs and ankles strong. How is it playing with God? Cause I mean, you, I mean, most of the original members are still with a band, you Prairie Prince, you know, Roger and, and, uh, and Rick, right. how is it to, how is it playing with these guys after 49 50 years. I mean, it's, it's an extraordinarily yeah. long period of time to be in a partnership with anybody, never mind all the changes and ups and downs of a, of a music career to go along with it. You can count on, your, on, on maybe two hands the amount of bands that are still at it after all that time. I know. I know. I know what you mean. I mean, it's, uh, it's, I mean we're, we're so lucky. I mean, you know, we have hair. Nobody went bald. We have, you know, nobody got any, any horrible disease. Uh, you know, nobody, you know, it's, everybody's stayed really healthy. And I mean, I've had a, you know, I have a, I had a, a hip replacement and a partial knee replacement. I'm all good. You know, I'm titanium solid and uh, Prairie just had both of his knees replaced about six or eight months ago, but he's back in shape. Roger's playing tennis all the time. Uh, I mean, so everybody's, everybody is really uh, conscientious about staying in shape and being able to go do this and do a two hour show, you know, do three in a row, do four in a row, you travel every day. And you know, it's, I, I think it's pretty unusual. I think it's pretty unusual. I, I think it's real unusual. I don't know of any orthopedic surgeon in America that would recommend two-foot platform boots <laughs> after all those surgeries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, I'm, 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 not, I'm not asking. I'm not asking. I'm afraid of what they'll say. You know, so, uh, you know, I, 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 like I said, we're, we're, I'm working out constantly and, we're, we're, we just went for a hike the other day. We went to, uh, uh, my wife and I went to Sun Valley with a friend of ours. And, uh, and you know, we, first day we were there, we went for like a six mile hike up in the hills. And wow. Good for oh, you. my doctor says I got to do 10,000 steps a day. <laughs> oh, that's what he said. You want to stay healthy? 10,000 steps a day. Yeah. Well, okay. I would tell my doctor, how about my checkbook is 10,000 steps away when I pay your copay? How about, how about that? <laughs> really? So, <laughs> so you also had a record that came out just before the pandemic, Be Wable Rides Again. Are you playing any of the songs on that during this tour? Well, no, not really. We're not. No. Uh, we haven't really. We, ha- we I mean, we just started rehearsing. Like, we weren't sure any of these dates were going to happen. And we just started rehearsing. Like two weeks, you know, week before last, I went to San Francisco and and rehearsed for a week with the band. And you know, it was bad enough after eighteen months trying to remember the damn songs <laughs> that the tunes do. You know, and I had printed out a bunch of lyrics, and I thought, you know, oh God, do I even remember the words to White Punks on Dope? You know, and and so I had printed out all these lyrics, you know, to 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 you know, remind me. Uh, and I it turned out that. I didn't use any of them. It turned out I just sat, you know, I stood up in front of the microphone. We have a little uh, rehearsal 
the Prairie has a, a an art studio in San Francisco, yeah. and we turned it into a rehearsal hall, a little, and I just opened my mouth and the words came out. And I don't know, I, I, I was trying to think, okay, what's the first line? <laughs> and I, when we got to the first line of the, of the song, I went, uh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, teenage had a race for the nighttime. Yeah, and it just all, you know, it just all came out. Every song came out, and I, I couldn't, you know, if if I would sit there before we started and kind of go, okay, now what's the lyrics to it? And it just, you know, I guess it's just, you know, automatic. You know, there's been, you know, after forty five years of doing this, yeah. you know, you don't have to think. You just open your mouth and sing. Last year, I, I interviewed uh, Russell Mail from Sparks. Um, and you know, they, had, uh, quite a few years ago had done a series of shows in London, 21 mm-hmm. albums in their entirety over the course of 21 days. And I'm, I'm, and to me, just the idea, I can't remember my phone number half the time. And, what? and I, That's insane. it's insane. And I said, would you ever do it again? He said, Oh no, we would never do that again. But, but, <laughs> oh, to, no. but to remember, you know, 21 uh. albums. At all. I mean, I, I assume that when you go back and you look at all of Completion Backward Principle, there are some songs that you guys probably haven't done in years. So the idea of going back oh, yeah. and re- you're recalling how to play it, how to sing it, what the words. I mean, it's a, yeah. what a cumbersome idea that was. I, I wouldn't suggest that for you guys or, or any band for that matter. We had done for in, in 2019, we started doing the Completion Backward Tour. And uh, so when we first got together, we went, you know, geez, we haven't played Let's Make Some Noise in 25 years. And so we had, you know, we didn't we hadn't played Think About Me. You know, I mean, a a lot of the the, you know, like Amnesia, Mr. Hate, Attack of the 50 Foot Woman, Talk to You Later. I mean, a lot of those songs we've done in other in other sets, you know, and we always for years we've we've you know, we never do the same show. Right. We do. We about every year we go in and we rehearse. Okay, okay. What's what's the theme of this show? You know, uh, is it a couple of years ago we did a Fellini show, a La Dolce Vita <laughs> kind of theme, and we did like I did like Marcello Mastriani, and we did some songs in Italian, and and then we did uh, the last show was called the Mondo Pulp show, and it was kind of a <laughs> tribute to Quentin Tarantino and Pulp Fiction. And we did, you know, the, we did the song, the Chuck Berry song that they did in, uh, in the twist scene, the twist contest scene. So we always, we, we kind of, we kind of about every year or so we kind of sit down and think about, okay, what's the theme of this show and what kind of, you know, we did a film noir show, which is kind of real dark and everybody wore trench coats and, uh, (laughs) But since we had done it in, you know, since all these dates coming up in October, I think only one of them is a repeat date where we had done completion backward principle already. Oh, really? None of the rest of them are. And so we went, well, okay, well, let's make it easy on ourselves. Okay. Let's not try to create an entire new show with a whole bunch of new material. Let's do, let's continue to do completion backward principle and, you know, to to all these venues that haven't seen it before, and it's a re- it's a great show. I mean, it, those songs are so iconic. I think, I think that that is the best record we ever made. It wasn't the biggest seller, but I think I, it's, you know, just my my opinion. No, I I, I think uh, I think you're you're absolutely right about that. But you know, you you talk about live performances, and and 
the thing that I remember about the tubes is the, the reputation that you guys had was you're not just going to, you know, you, you put yourself back in the, in the, in the mid seventies and you you'd spend as much as, you know, $12, $15 on a concert ticket. You expect to see a show. Meanwhile, what, what you have is the band with their back turned to the audience, and it wasn't much of a performance, but with the tubes, right. it was always a performance. And in, in a way, in, in the same way that Kiss used to put on a magnificent show, you guys were doing the same, I don't want to say the same kind of thing, but, but had the same concept, that if, you're gonna, if your fans are going to come out and support you, you need to give them every penny's worth of, of your time. I appreciate that kind of effort. No, I'm walking out of there, and I'm going to see a hell of a show. Yeah. Well, I think you're right. I mean, you know, I think you're right. We, we, you know, in the early days, you know, we started doing big theatrical shows, and, and it just, you know, and every show was bigger. And, you know, we, we hooked up with Kenny Ortega, who kind of mm-hmm. choreographed the, the chaos. Uh, and we had dancers and singers and you know, we, the crew, I mean, if you were in the crew of the tubes, you were going to be in the show one way or another. You're going to be somebody. You're going to be the strong man or the fireman or the, you know, the policeman or somebody. And in the White Punks on Dope, everybody's going to be on the stage. You know, that's that's the way it was. And, and you know, we, we pride, you know, art for art's sake. We would pride ours and our management you know, our management would just go crazy. Like, oh my God, you can't spend all this money on people. You're not, you know, you don't lose money. And, you know, I said, well, you know, you're getting your piece off the top. Okay. So we're going to do a big show. That's the way it is. And, you know, we'll, we'll worry about paying our bills later. And uh, so, I mean, we, we, I mean, that's just, you know, I was a, I, I was an actor in high school and a singer and, Prairie was an artist and Mike Cotton was a set designer and Bill was kind of a satirist. And, uh, it's just, you know, we just combined all of these, uh, innate talents, you know, and we couldn't ever be a band, you know, like the Grateful Dead. I mean, I love the Grateful Dead, but they would stand there with their back to the audience Mm -hmm. and just play. And, you know, we we never could do that but, from the very beginning. We could never do that. But the we're always trying to figure out, okay, what can we do here that's going to blow somebody's mind? You know, what's what kind of entertainment can we capture? But part of the the appeal of a Grateful Dead show wasn't necessarily the band themselves, but you know, people were more entertained by the people who were around them. You know, people oh, who were well, there at the yeah. at the show as part of the culture of being a deadhead. Right, yeah. it's a cult. It was a cult. <laughs> You're right, and and. It's, uh, it's, I mean, they were one of a kind. I mean, they didn't care back then if you tape. I I remember, you know, back in the early days, we would see people taping the show and we'd send the security guy out to bust them or see people videotaping the show and we'd send security out to bust them. And, you know, (laughs) Grateful Dead shows, they didn't care. And there used to be, I, I, I saw them a couple of times. And there used to be a section in the middle of the auditorium that was like fenced off for all the people that wanted to set up their recording equipment, you know, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's completely, I mean, now, obviously now, you know, you, you know, we don't do anything, you know, everybody's got a cell phone and half the people are recording the concert on their cell phone. And, uh, so, you know, I mean, there's nothing you can do. You know, you're, the, the first few albums that you guys had done, you know, they were, they were all very good records. And you talk about, you know, completion backward principle being the highlight of, of all of them. But I think, and so many bands talk about this, 
the difficulty of of taking the the energy of a live performance and trying to transpose it into a recording studio and how difficult that is and i and and i assume that the same was a, a, a mystery to you guys you know how do you get that kind of energy and then recapture it without a crowd without the uh, the adrenaline of of that you know uh-huh. relationship how difficult was it for you guys to try to recreate it did did you feel like you ever really got there with any of your albums well uh i i, I don't know i mean we did our the third album that we did was a, a live double album that we did in london but we recorded you know, eight nights in a row at Hammersmith Odeon. You know, so we had a wealth of material and, 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 and of different, different performances to choose from. But, it, it, you know, I, kind of, I think it kind of depends on the, uh, the producer. Like, we kind, of, we kind of got that feeling on the first album with Al Cooper. And, you know, he would he kind of just let us go wild in the studio. And, <laughs> and like when we did White Punks on Dope, you know, White Punks on Dope, we had, there was a band down the hall called the Eagles recording in the same studio. And we didn't know who they were in 75. And we just drove them down to our studio and we thought, hey, we, we want all you guys to sing White Punks on Dope as a chorus. And we went, oh, okay. And, uh, <laughs> and that really made that first recording sound live and captured that, that essence of live. Yeah. And then, you know, later on, we did a we did like the second album, Young and Rich. Really didn't Ken Scott really didn't have that kind of a uh, a mentality, and and then uh, and then we kind of when we did Remote Control with Todd Rundgren, we kind of got back to that, you know. And Todd would kind of we kind of do a lot of takes and not worry too much about perfection, and uh, and then. When we worked with Foster, I mean, there was it was there was, you know, no hint of that. He wanted it to be perfect, and we would do it again and again and again and again and again to be perfect. And but you know, in his defense, I think, I think that completely changed me as a vocalist. I mean, I worked so hard for him, and I became such a better singer because of of his encouragement and his training. Uh, I mean, I remember the very first song I did with Foster was Amnesia, and it took me a week, you know, and I kept coming back the next day goes, and I thought, okay, well, we got the first verse, let's go to, it goes, no, I think we better do the first verse again. And then again, and it was like Mutt Lang, you know, just, you know, trying to, trying to, trying to get a vocal out of Joe Elliott and Def Leppard. And, and, uh, as a, as a vocalist, do you, do you get frustrated by that? Or do you see the, the, the method behind the madness to have you try to, per, to make it perfect? I did, I did get frustrated because, but I, I, but I couldn't show it. You know, I, here we are with this legendary producer and I want to try my best to, you know, to live up to his, his, uh, demand. And, uh, and and it was uh, you know back then there was no Pro Tools, there was no flying in the chorus, mm-hmm. there was no fixing the the pitch, fixing the time, none of that. And so you know you had to you had to do it again and again and again to live up to his expect, expectation. I mean now I just did my solo album uh, with Richard Marx, you know which. And, and and Richard and I are, are best friends, and I think Richard is, you know, equally as fabulous a producer as David Foster, if not more, and the the best songwriter I've ever met. 
and or worked with and and you know we're doing uh we're doing uh my record the fee wave rides again record and you know he produced every track and when i'm doing vocals with him you know he he's he can he goes okay well this is we're going to do this and you know sing it again sing it again sing it again sing it again and but then you can go back you know with pro tools and you can pick well, you can pick every word that's perfect and yet still, you know, have that kind of live kind of sound. Uh, I don't know if you've heard the record, but it's. it's I, I have it's, actually. It, it, and, it, and it's great. You sound terrific on it. And I don't know if that's, yeah. if that's, you know, just you based on the power of and, and, and natural ability of your vocals. But like, you know, there, I mean, there are, you know, certain things that can be done that, you know, could never have been done. In uh, in eighty one oh, yeah. with David Foster. Oh yeah, I Come like up. to think it's because I'm such a great singer. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, right. I mean, I'm I'm, not, I'm certainly not going to take anything away from your 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 vocal. I mean, I think your vocals are are wildly underrated. I, I think you've you've always been a, a a great singer. You know, I mean, I was in high school chorus. I couldn't hit half the notes that you you do with the power and to have been doing it for fifty years. I mean, it's it's a, it's yeah. it's re- remarkable. And even the live videos that i've seen of the the band playing as uh, as far back as just you know 2019 i mean you still sound terrific i mean it's 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 not you know, like- I, I i have to say that i am so lucky to you know uh have my voice and have it as strong and i think it's a testament to how you know i've really concentrated on staying in shape and not you know, and, and, and staying thin and staying strong. And, and that, I mean, vocal cords are just muscles mm-hmm. and, you know, and if you keep them strong and keep them toned up, I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's, I, you know, we, I'm doing a, I'm doing a, my wife and I, Elizabeth are working on a, like a book of my life. It's called, it's called Seaway Bill's Guide to an Unknown Trail. And it's got all of these, it's got all of these pictures and interviews and and all kinds of stuff. My my mother uh, was kind of the inspiration. My mother uh, kept everything. You know, she kept all the magazines and all the interviews. And, and when when she died back in two thousand four, we went to the house where I grew up, and we find in the closet this giant stack of boxes full of stuff and magazines and newspaper clippings and posters and just everything. <laughs> so we were like, Oh, well, God, let's use all this stuff. And we started going through it and, uh, let's put together, I, you know, I'm putting together like a kind of a autobiography, a big kind of coffee, coffee table book. And we look, and I look at some of those old itineraries that we find in there. Well, we were doing like 10 in a row. <laughs> I couldn't under, I couldn't believe it. 10 in a row in a different city every night. And I mean, 10 in a row. And, <laughs> you know, today I, my limit is three. I'll do three in a row and then I got to have a day off. And, uh, I can't, you know, it, it's, it's stunning to me that I could do that and never worry about nodes or in, you know, all kinds of vocal problems. Uh, I did, I, what I used to do was acupuncture. I used to go, you know, if we'd had 10 in a row, I'd set it up ahead with the, with the management or the record company representative or whatever and find an acupuncturist the day of the show. And we'd come into a city and I'd go to some acupuncture guy or girl and they would stick needles in my throat 
and stick a needle into my vocal cords. And I would lay there and, you know, they would, you know, spin the needles around and uh, sometimes they hook up uh, an electrical charge to them. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's what saved me again and again and again, you know, doing acupuncture. That's really interesting. And, 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 you know, I think like any, you know, you talk about it being a muscle and, and, and keeping it in shape, you know, the way I've always kind of perceived it is it's kind of like you being, a professional athlete and you know the only way to perform at a certain level is to make sure that you are constantly you know focused on right. keeping that muscle as toned and as 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 pliable as it can possibly be i mean any, any you know whether right. it's you know sucking on lemons and you know and, and guzzling honey or if acupuncture or massage or whatever it winds up being you know, works for you, then God bless you for being able to find it. Think about all those those guys have been in bands that you know their voices are completely trashed and they can't carry a tune in a in a in a, in a sack. Oh, it happens all the time. I know it's terrible. I know it happens all. The, I know. I mean, how many lead singers has Journey gone through? I know. You know that that they they burn out. And uh, although I met I met this Steve O'Jerry is a great singer, a great guy. Uh, he was the first replacement of Steve Perry back, you know, in the day. Yeah. And he's he's a great singer. And we did some gigs together. And uh, uh, he's a really nice guy, you know, and uh, and a, and a good singer. So, but they burned him out, and he he couldn't handle it. You know, they just and that happens. You know, same thing with the guy in uh, ACDC, uh, not Bon Scott, Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that's also, right. the, but that's also the way he sings too. I mean, that's that's top well, register screeching that you can f- you can yeah. feel the damage you know, when he sings. Yeah, you, know, you just know. Yeah, yeah, I know all those screaming high notes. Oh my God, I, yeah, it, it's it, you cringe when you hear him sing. So it's not surprising, but uh, but you're right. It's just it, it's it's like it's like an athlete who. Who you know in the off season and you know in the off season like in the old days the off season you know they would sit around and drink beer and <laughs> and smoke and and smoke and sit on the couch and and then but not anymore not today with the you know with the with the uh, information that you have on on health and on I mean look at Tom Brady I mean unbelievable yeah I mean it's unbelievable and and LeBron LeBron spends. You know, a million dollars a year on keeping in shape. Yeah, it's 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 and it's remarkable that you know they can play at at that level at an advanced age. I mean, they, the wear and tear in their yeah. bodies. I mean, they may you know ten, fifteen, twenty years from now, they may reg- <laughs> regret that sort of longevity. But like any anybody in their prime, they're, they've put the work into maintaining their craft, which is you know which, which right. sounds like exactly what you've done. Right, you have maintained that craft. At a time when you know, in a, in, a, in a business where there's loads of temptation to do otherwise and to not take care of yourself and to just, you know. I know it's. I have to say that you know, after I'm a little nervous to be honest with you. You know, I've been singing a lot and you know, but I sing in the car and driving around. But it's not the same. It's not the same as a, a live performance when you got the adrenaline happening and the audience happening and yeah. you're maybe pushing a little bit too hard and you know, and so not having done a show for 19 months, you know, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm a little on edge here with our show coming up on Friday and I'm a little on edge and I've really got to you know, stay focused and make sure that 
my enthusiasm and adrenaline don't just completely blow me out of the water on the first night. I would think it's very much like when you're, you know, trying to relearn those lyrics all over again. You know, and on some level, there's a muscle memory that kind of puts you back in yeah. that space. And as long as you, yeah. as long as that stage is owned by Fee Wable and the Tubes, you know, you have right. a certain comfort level with knowing you're surrounded by you know a, a bunch of guys that you've known for. Ever, even even the, the the least tenured part of your band has still been with you for twenty years. You're in a comfort spot, but those those nerves, yeah. those butterflies, are always going to be there, no matter yeah. no matter what you do. And then sometimes yeah. that fuels you. Yeah, it does. And it's it's like you know, it's like you're nervous right up until the first note, <laughs> and then it just kind of melts away. And uh, I uh, and there's and, and there's something you know. My wife always says it. Uh, there's something about when we get together, uh, you know, we've been together for so long and it's not like we hang out really. They all live up North and I live in LA and it's not like we're going to dinner and hanging out and going to the movies together. And there's none of that, you know, they all have their own lives and their own wives and their own, you know, situations happening. And, but when we all, when we all get back on that stage together, it doesn't matter how long it's been. There's something that happens. There's some kind of special energy that that blossoms, and everybody goes, "Oh yeah, okay, right, <laughs> we can do this." Are, are, is there any plans to start writing new music as the Tubes, or is that not is that not part of the uh, the plan right yet? Well, you know, we had we, there's really no plan right now. You know, we're just taking it day by day, and we have some tracks in the can, and uh, and we were, you know, we had been working on it in the last, you know, in like the last couple of years before the the freak out, and uh, but we're, you know, we're just kind of at this point, we're just kind of going, okay, let's just, you know, let's just get started here again, and you know, see if see if we can resurrect some of these dates that were canceled mm-hmm. and. It looks like, uh, and you know, because we we uh, in the middle of 2019, we got signed by a management company that's with Live Nation, and because uh, we, you know, for like 10 years before that, I was doing everything. I was the manager. I was the booking agent. I, well, not the booking agent, but I was the travel agent. I was everything, and I'm so and and we uh, we met a guy named Jonathan Wolfson who is an artist manager that's affiliated with Live Nation. And uh, and he, uh, I mean, he's just taken such a load off me. It's incredible. And we we moved to, an, you know, we were with a, a, an agency that, that was kind of, you know, they, the guy was kind of older and he was kind of, he didn't want to work too hard and was kind of more interested in his family and his personal life. And, and we went to a new agency, AGI, and a young agent guy who is, you know, energetic and wants to make a name for himself. And uh, so we, you know, we moved to a, a great management and a great agency. You know, we really were, I mean, we did a lot of shows in 2019. We had plans in 2020. We were going to do a shed tour with a, a big name and we were going to do this and going to do that. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, needless to say, the whole thing fell apart. But, right. Right. Uh, but it looks like it looks like you know we're going to continue on through the year, and 
they're starting to work on you know November dates, and then there's a there's a plan, there's a potential plan to go out with the B-52s. Oh, in, really? In uh, the beginning of the year. That would be a great show. I think, I think that would be a great show. What a perfect, you know, what a perfect uh, <laughs> combo, combo. Yeah. You know, it would be, you know, they're, they're wacky and they're theatrical and they're, you know, they're iconic and have some great songs. And so hopefully that'll happen. I'm not guaranteeing anything, but that, that looks like they're working on that. And, uh, they seem to be amenable to it as as well as as you know, just like we are. So well, that would be great. So it looks it looks it all looks good here. It looks like you know we're back we're back in the saddle again. As they <laughs> say. Well, I I gotta say, Fee, it's it, yeah. I have a million more questions to to, to ask you about, it, but I, I know you're you're you are you know pressed for time a little bit. But I do appreciate uh, everything. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys uh, come to Massachusetts October 23rd. Uh, in New Bedford and the 24th in uh, uh, Salisbury, yeah. Mass. Those will be great shows. Salisbury, Salisbury Beach, yeah. Yeah, that'll be uh, yeah. that'll be fantastic. We played that, the Blue Ocean, we played that club before. That's a really cool club. It's like hanging right over the surf. It's really cool. Uh, we played there before years ago, and uh, I can't remember if we ever played New Bedford before. I don't remember, but, <laughs> but you know, it'll be... It'll be uh, uh, we love doing those kind of northeast. I mean, that's kind of our genre, you know. We play the west coast and the east coast, and those northeast states, you know, New York City and Boston, and that's kind of, you know, we don't we don't play the south a lot. I have to say, although we are booked to do a show in Memphis, uh, but we 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 they kind of don't get it, you know, in in the south. I don't know. I mean, it's but, uh, you know, a lot of time has passed. They may not have gotten it in '75, but they may get it in. 2021, 22. Well, that's true. I mean, that's true. You know, we I wouldn't have thought that they would book us for a big gig in Mississippi, but they have. <laughs> exactly. uh, so we're playing in a place called South Haven in September, which is about five, ten miles south of Memphis, just across the state line. And yeah, I, I went, what? Mississippi? Are you kidding me? I've, I don't think I've ever even been to Mississippi, you know, let alone ever played there. And now's your so, chance. I guess... Things are changing. I guess you know? so. Fee, it's a real pleasure to talk to you. Yeah. Best of luck on the tour and uh, with the album, well, too. Thanks, Fee, we have rise again. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And we'll see you out there. Sounds okay? good. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, feel free to blast it all over the place. Send it to your friends. Share it on social media. Give it a nice review. All of it helps every single time. And you can email me at BaxAndRock102.com. I'd love to know what you think. Again, thank you for listening to Baxi's Musical Podcast.